Hello, everyone. Welcome to Culture Comms and Cocktails, Internal Comms Serve Straight Up. I'm your host, Chuck Go, Senior Strategic Advisor at Social Chorus. And on this episode of the podcast, we have Chris Berger, VP of Enterprise Communications at Atrium Health. Chris, welcome to the podcast again. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. Well, we, there's a lot of pressure with sequels. Chris, I mean, there, there's only been a few really good ones. It's uh, Empire Strikes Back, uh, Ghostbusters 2, Godfather, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I mean, it's, it's a lot of pressure on the sequels. I hope you're ready for it. I, I wasn't feeling the pressure until just now. So let's see if we can uh, make this a good one. Yep. So you are my first one. So I'm curious here as a, as a sequel, second guest coming on. What have you been up to, Chris? You've been a little busy working in healthcare. What, what's, what's been happening out there? Uh, you know, nothing really notable to speak of. Just <laughs> <laughs> have this little thing called COVID happening across the world. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really been amazing to think you and I spoke toward the end of last fall and what we were talking about, yeah. what you were doing, and we'll follow up on some of those things. But then to think none of this was even a whisper, a thought. Uh, so first off, I mean, I, I'm not in the, the area. You guys are down in the Southeast, but yeah. I know for, for those, uh, thank you and your team and all the people there at Atrium Health for all the work you guys have done and continue to do as we make our way through this pandemic. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, been, an, it's been an incredibly, you know, crazy time, exciting time, you know, everything that you think about. Um, and I think it, as you've noted several times in a lot of the notes you make on LinkedIn and, and social media is like, it's really been a resurgent time for communication. So in some ways, yeah, it's been absolutely, you know, nutty, but in another way, it's, it's been very fulfilling because uh, I think more than ever, we're, we're looking at where the communication field is, is absolutely being valued probably more than I can ever remember in my entire career. Mm -hmm. Definitely, I would say definitely valued, definitely appreciated, definitely more well thought of and people mm -hmm. recognizing that, that impact that it has. And I think that a unique challenge, at least as an outsider, that I think Atrium Health has is the fact that your organization crosses state lines. So taking this out of healthcare, there's a lot of organizations who have had to balance, uh, deal with you know, there, there's federal guidelines and then you see states doing different things. And what kind of communication challenges did that present? Across you know, it's been an interesting one because we do have, um, you know, it, we're headquartered here in Charlotte. We have about 70,000 teammates uh, throughout the Southeast, mainly North Carolina, South Carolina, um, but also uh, in Georgia, Navicent Health, that's part of us. And uh, I think it's actually been really interesting and unique because each one of those states and each one of those areas that those hospital systems are in, um, they, they are presenting, you know, with, with COVID a little bit different than what we're seeing here in Charlotte. So they might be, you know, a little bit in front of what we are seeing. So we're trading like, okay. Um, I mean, sad to talk about some of the topics, but you know, uh, you know, when we first had our first COVID, you know, related death, um, we were able to really bounce ideas off each other and saying, okay, how are you handling that there? And then get in front of it in another area of saying, okay, here's how we handled it. This is the lessons that we learned. Here's what you think you should do um, in your area when this comes uh, and this happens in your area. And that was some of the things that, you know, we were able to quickly learn 
uh, and share those things throughout all of our system, which I think is kind of the beauty of being part of a large integrated system like Atrium Health is those learnings were able to be pretty much put in place almost immediately um, and then make that other area even better than, you know, we were here maybe in Charlotte. So I think those were kind of some of the unique things. And I think as we have continued through this whole every single phase, different, different states are opening up at different times. You know, um, South Carolina looked a lot different than North Carolina and certainly Georgia looked a lot different. And even in our, at Navison Health in, in Georgia, they have a field hospital set, stand, stood up um, that the governor just visited yesterday there. And, um, and I think these are the type of things that, uh, you know, we're learning from each other. And that was one of the beauties of the integration that we thought of originally was we're going to learn a lot from others as much as they're going to learn from us. So we've seen that play out certainly from the communication angle and then just being able to disseminate that information and them to be able to find value in it has been pretty, pretty awesome. You mentioned the governor uh, of Georgia, I think you said visiting. Yep. Uh, you've had some other VIP visitors as well recently. And I know how challenging that is during business as usual, normal times. What kind of challenges, just give us some background on yeah. who it was and what, how it, how it played out. Yeah, it was a, it was an exciting last week. Actually, we got about 30 hours, you know, notice of, uh, you know, our human health, uh, human health and services. Am I saying that right? I think I am. <laughs> uh, Secretary Azar, he came in his first visit to a healthcare system post COVID, uh, and, and wanted to come check and see some of our testing centers, see what we were doing, uh, learn a little bit about uh, what was happening here in Charlotte. And so he visited uh, last week and in conjunction with, we have a close partnership with the Charlotte Motor Speedway and they were the first really sport, as you know, to um, really start everything without fans, but there's still a lot of safety precautions that have to happen for the drivers, for those working the event. Um, and, and we are a major uh, health partner with the Charlotte Motor Speedway. And so they were coming to not only check that we, we have a testing site, a COVID testing site, where we, um, one of the many around the Charlotte area where we have uh, put these roving sites in place to where uh, really the, the community can come up and, and, and drive through a testing site, not even have to get out of their car for the safest uh, possible you know, testing. And then uh, they'll get the results back within 24 hours, which is unheard of for one of like, six systems in the in the nation that has in-house testing capabilities so that's pretty neat so he was coming to check that out and just honestly talk to our leaders and have a round table and discuss kind of the things that we saw through it and in ways that they can help out um, everything from reimbursement to you know testing um, you know ppe all of those things that we've heard in the news about you know how, how do we protect our frontline workers even better so it was a it was a fast and furious event we were able to unveil our uh, our Med One, which is a it was one of a kind. We're, we're the only one in the nation that has this really neat hospital on wheels, basically. Mm -hmm. So we quickly uh, were able to pull that out, and we have a brand new one that we haven't shown to anybody before. And we're able to fly in a helicopter and others to really showcase what Atrium House Health has to offer during times of not just hurricanes or other things, you know, but but really quickly can can put something in place like that 
And uh, I think I think as he noted, he was he was very impressed with what was happening here and what we were doing, not just for the Charlotte area, but the underserved area, which is many, many states are struggling with how to address coronavirus in underserved areas, because you think about access and you think about all they're they're typically on the front lines working as well. Um, and and don't have that readily able to go to a facility uh, that's been so, so we've been putting these geographic um, models in place where we're, we can pinpoint where we think and see that uh, there's a COVID um, you know spike and and we'll go directly to that place with the partners that we have in the community set up a uh, testing site and uh, and we have eradicated any disparity that w that existed before and so that's a really 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 neat thing that we've been doing and uh, it's a model that now those across the nation are actually looking at of how to implement in their community because places across the country are noting that there that, that there was just a huge disparity and we've eliminated that disparity here in charlotte yeah it, as it admitted not the world's largest nascar fan but but admitted <laughs> someone who is starved for live sports. I did watch some of that NASCAR race. Yeah. What was fascinating for me to see was obviously that's a, there were no fans. It didn't really take away from the TV experience. But what I noticed was the, the employees, the race teams, the people like that, who were obviously very PPE focused prior to and safety focused prior to, to see every single teammate driver out there wearing masks, even the cameramen who were up on these pedestals way out in the middle of nowhere wearing a mask. And hopefully that helped that help send a message to people to take this very seriously. That's right. I think there was a huge focus on that. Even even with the Secretary Azar's visit, it was really interesting because there was a huge focus when we were all sitting around and that was the first time in several months that I've seen my executives. Uh, that I support here at Atrium Health, and the entire team had, you know, the face mask on, and it was just a very interesting, you know, unique experience. One, seeing them for the first time in many months since we've all been working from home, and then, uh, you know, everybody having masks on and talking, and it's just again, we we use this word to the new normal or whatever that means. <laughs> Um, but that's part of kind of what we were experiencing and it was, it was, it was pretty darn interesting. Yeah. Now, when we think back through, again, the, the communications and targeting employees and different information for different locations because of state lines and had these VIP visitors coming in, how did Teal Insider, that's your internal comms platform, how yeah. did that help with getting employees the information they needed because of where they worked or who they were or what their interests were. Yeah, I think if ever there was a time for an app that can reach frontline teammates at any time, uh, whether they're at home, whether they're working on the front lines, whether they're wherever they are, this has certainly proved to like really reinforce our strategy. And uh, it's been, it's been truly like game changing uh, to be able to push out information uh, because you know they're working at home is is still there's some complexity there especially when you're dealing with you know VPN and and trying to get into the network that you're working on email usually works fine but like if you're going to an intranet site 
um, typically there's an issue where you have to then do an extra step to get to the internet and then see it, which unless you really need to get to the internet, you're probably not doing that because it's just, you know, people are lazy and, and uh, I don't do it, you know, unless I have to go sign a, you know, an invoice or something like that. So what the app has done is it allows us to break through and just make it easy, just like everything else that's out there. Um, if they're like perfect example for Secretary Azar's visit, we were able to send out a push notification before that ever hit the newswire around here. Um, let teammates know what was happening and have some pride in, in that. But just beyond that, anytime we're having very technical things, like at the beginning of this, you know, pandemic, the, the PPE, protective, uh, personal protective equipment, for those that, you know, like, what is PPE? You probably know by now, but, you know, I always hate when people use names and we don't know what they are. Um, but when those requirements were coming out, CTC was changing them, like, daily. Um, and so... First, it was that, you know, we were saying, don't wear PPE because it'll scare people. And then, you know, and that's been our typical operations. Uh, then it was, nope, wear PPE. Then it was like universal masking, basically. Everybody wear PPE, you know. So it was one of those things where being able to communicate those things and those changes along the way, along with the why, instead of just saying, here's a new policy, it's like, hey, here, here's a new policy and here's why we're changing them. And having a short blurb about that, that was extremely beneficial. So um, that along with push notifications, um, just game changing again, where we can send out a push notification, um, making them fun when appropriate, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, it, it has been one of those things that has actually forced us out of our quote, quote unquote comfort zone um, to be able to do more of those because people were asking for more. And I think that uh, the, the app has been one of those things that we look back and we're saying, so, so glad that we had that in place before this event hit, um, because it could have been uh, a whole different scenario as far as uh, communicating to the entire enterprise. And we've seen the numbers spike as well, which is obviously music to my ears, because it makes, anytime you see usage and we see the amount of people that are signing up for the app, that's a beautiful thing too, because more people are getting that communication. And and through this this exercise, the past few months, one thing I've been curious about for the communicators is, have you uncovered any new voices for the organization? Because what I see a lot of times is communicators tend to go back to the same well all the time when there's something yeah. important to communicate. Have, have you uncovered any new, I don't want to say leaders, but you know, experts, thought leaders, people now that are positioned in the organization that that employees listen to probably listened to before, but communicators didn't go yeah. to go to that source. Hundred percent. I think I think we have found uh, a whole new set of subject matter experts on various topics that we'll continue to use afterwards. And I think that's one of the beautiful things I've talked to my team about, talked to others about. During moments of crisis, you really find out one who what, what kind of team do you have, um, and then and then two, what you find is you build relationships a lot of times with people that you never had relationships before and or or you deepen those relationships because you're in the trenches so it's 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 definitely been a very exciting uh time it's been um you know it's one of those things where now we have these relationships and uh in in even from a national news perspective uh we're being sought after uh, tremendously by 
pretty much every major broadcast network out there. And uh, it's not uncommon to see us now on CNN and, and, and Fox and, and many others, CNBC, all these, uh, because now we have these subject matter experts that are getting widely known that really we weren't in that position before and really looking forward to kind of fostering those relationships even further because, you know, we have this little thing called the RNC that's supposedly coming to Charlotte here in the fall. And, um, and, and that will, I think those relationships will even pay off. Uh, because we have been shown now to be a subject matter expert in, in a huge variety of areas around healthcare. Now, you mentioned your, your team, and, and let's do a couple more personal questions related to this. How, as, as the leader for the organization there, how have you been checking in on yeah. your team and how they are doing personally trying to manage work through this pandemic? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that, I, I desire anyways, my, my goal is to stay in touch with my team as closely as possible. I know there's probably some that are probably thinking, yeah, I wish you would stop calling me so often. <laughs> but at the, at the end of the day, I think that uh, one of the things that I've really tried to do is uh, those, those personal touches that I think uh, there's that saying, people don't know or don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's something that um, resonates with me a lot. And uh, what I didn't want to happen is on the other side of this, coming out of um, you know the stay at home, work from home type of thing, that we go back to the office and, and what my whole team is like, I never heard from Chris. You know? So I really didn't, you know, I heard from maybe others, but I, I didn't hear from Chris as our leader. So those personal touch points have been really important to me. I've made it a point to try to call each one of my um, team members and just kind of check in, not even on from a work perspective, but just, Hey, how are you doing? You know, how's your family doing? Um, do you have everything that you need? Um, I did something fun, you know, um, a couple weeks ago, I, I put together a care package for each one of them. Um, and kind of this fun little, you know, COVID-19, it was one of the, it's the, uh, I don't know, you've seen the emoji with the, the face mask on. I did, we had cookies made that, uh, that had that and did them in our, our Atrium Health teal. And, uh, and then a, a personal handwritten note from me, you know, I think again, the, the art of a uh, handwritten note has, has gone down in our age of technology, but which makes it even more special when you get one. Um, and then, um, and then some coffee to keep them going. So it was just a, those type of fun things um, that I think hopefully uh, come across as genuine and really I, that, that, that I care about the team um, and certainly care about the work, but, you know, and, and making sure that we're doing those weekly meetings and, and touch points with the entire team and my direct reports and those type of things. But beyond that, I think the, the personal side of really knowing what people are going through because there are people on the team who have family members who are affected by, by COVID. There are people who have, are, you know, somebody has died within their extended family and things like that, you know. Um, and so it's those type of things you'd never know because they wouldn't readily just share that information. But when you call and reach out and, and connect with them on a personal level, I think that's, um, that's the most important part. You know, we weren't put on this earth necessarily to um, write the best communications plan. I think we were put on this earth to, to affect others and, um, and, and impact the lives of others. And I kind of take that pretty seriously. 
Do you think, thinking back over the past couple of months, was this the greatest comms challenge you faced in your career? Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I've, I've told others, you know, I used to work at Walmart. And um, one of the things that I helped coordinate was our global response to uh, Ebola. And um, I thought that was going to, I mean, I thought that was probably going to be the, the craziest thing I ever worked on. Because um, you're talking about um, two plus million teammates that you're having to coordinate stuff around there um, all over the world and communication and many different languages and all kinds of things. But um, this took it to a whole nother level. I mean, it was, we, we, we started hearing about it, you know, in January, December-ish, you know, kind of like, we were all like, well, it's just like the flu, you know, it's like, let's compare numbers. And then it just like went from zero to a hundred uh, overnight, basically. And um, to see what happened in the level and the amount of communications and the policies that had to be really rewritten and 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 then communicated and then those policies were rewritten i mean and it just kept on going and going and going um and and really as good a job as we did um you know putting those new things in place like think about hospital restrictions on visitors um now we're having to undo all that right so we did a really good job of communicating that and making sure that everybody understood what the hospital restrictions are. But now we're having to go back and say, okay, now we're easing them and here's what we're doing. So it's almost like you have to do double work on the, on the back end to make sure that people feel safe coming to the hospital. And we have a whole new initiative that we're, we kind of unveiled of talking about our COVID safe standards that we've put into place, which um, it, it has been really neat to be kind of part of it from end to end. And obviously we have a whole lot more to go through um, and we're going to learn a whole lot more, uh, but it has been, it certainly has been one for the record books. And I think we'll all look back, you know, another 20 years from now or whatever and be like, remember when, I mean, this is, this is, this has been pretty intense. And then when you think about the next couple months, the next couple quarters, what, what are your, your comms plans? Cause probably what you had planned in, 2020, at least back in the, back in the fall when we spoke, is not what you're doing now. Or maybe there's some elements of it that are the same. But so, how are you guys focused for the rest yeah. of the calendar year from a comm standpoint? Yeah, I mean, we have we we had our ongoing communication plans, right? That was the interesting thing. It wasn't like this was you know we're sitting on our hands. We had a very full um, schedule of you know everything that we wanted to accomplish from a goals perspective and everything. And um, one of the things that we're looking forward to in the coming months is, is hopefully uh, announcing the, the finalization uh, of a new med school here in Charlotte with Wake Forest Baptist Health. And so um, that's something that we're, we were working on before and hope, hoping to continue that work um, soon. Um, we also had announced that uh, another health system, Floyd Health in, in Georgia, um, you know, we're, we're looking at a strategic combination with them. So those are, I mean, anytime you're talking about, um, you know, mergers, acquisitions, those type of things, um, uh, in that realm, that's a lot of work. And so all that work continues along with everything else that we wanted to accomplish from a thought leadership standpoint, like how do we want to talk to consumers? Um, how do we want to talk to our own internal teammates? You know, all of those things continue, um, culture building. I mean, every time you do a you know, merger acquisition type of event, your culture is affected. 
And so how do you really, you know, put those things in place that um, really reinforce your culture? And I think that's the type of stuff that we had planned and we'll continue to work on that. But it's been obviously with this extra layer of, um, you know, the event that we're going through right now. So um, it is, it has certainly been one of those things where now as we're starting to phase, you know, back in a little bit phase by phase, uh, we're looking at, okay, what's sustainable? How do we kind of repress the reset button a little bit um, and, and look at, okay, that, that, there's this bucket of work with, uh, with the pandemic, but then we also have those things that we need and we know from a health system standpoint, we need to get back going. We need, we need to start those, you know, what they call non-essential surgeries, which are very essential for some people to live their, live a valuable, you know, stress-free, pain-free life. And so that's the type of stuff that we're, we're really trying to make sure that, um, you know, continues to work uh, and continues, you know, we're, we're, we're getting out there. Yeah, you've, you've mentioned a word that's now, you know, been top of mind for a lot of people, the how much now we use that word, those words essential and non-essential yeah. in, in very universal ways, but they, they're not very universal to individuals, right? What no. I deem essential might that's not right. be, seem essential to somebody else. So um, we, we've, well, we've, we've taken the time, we've learned about, I think people have a good idea if they listen to the last episode or this one, some of the culture and communication activities that you and your team have accomplished. And again, there's only so many hours in a day, but, but your team has gotten the job done. I know I, I praised you earlier this year around being a, a strong brand advocate for, for Atrium Health on LinkedIn. So everybody listening to this or watching this, uh, go follow Chris. You'll see how to get it done um, as a comms leader. But very recently, Chris, you were also on a healthcare town hall that Social Chorus did with a few other communicators from Ohio State Med Center and OSF Healthcare. And on that podcast, I learned something about, on that uh, town hall, I learned something about you, that all this other work you're doing, you also have a side coffee business <laughs> with your wife. So it's not cocktails, but it's still beverage. So talk a little bit about this, your interest in this coffee business and yeah. what you've done with it during this pandemic. Yeah, it, it's, you know, it, it is something fun that I started about five years ago. I've been roasting coffee for about 20 years and, uh, and really decided, you know, to do something fun with, you know, my, my hobby and, uh, and, and make it into a legitimate business. And so Sugar Creek Coffee Roasters, you know, that is, that is my side hustle, so to speak. And uh, it's just been something fun. I have a couple other people in the community. I have a school teacher um, uh, that is, it's like my right hand guy that helps me out and a couple others that, that have jumped in. None of it's our full-time thing, but it's, it's been, you know, it's been really helpful for me personally, just because it allows when you're roasting coffee, uh, you cannot take your mind off of roasting coffee or if you're really going to mess it up. And I'm pretty uh, serious about, you know, fresh roasted coffee and making that as delicious as possible. And so, uh, you know, started this, roasting company and it really makes me full it forces me not to think about work which really helps because then i can come back to whatever i'm working on with a fresh mind um, as opposed to obsessing about it because i think if you're like me and many other communicators uh, you know you can obsess about like every word and everything and, and when you can come back to something afresh it it truly helps me so yeah so the so this this roasting company has kind of had its own life of its own during this uh, event and um, what I did is I started a special blend 
that's called Hunker Down. And uh, I have many Good more name. that uh, that are on my uh, on on the website sugarcreekcoffee.com. And it's uh, some of them. A hundred percent of the money goes to uh, a special cause that is near and dear to my heart. Um, on this one, it was no same same type of deal where basically for every single bag that someone purchased, um, there were two things that happened. If you were in healthcare, you got a free bag. Just stop by and 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 get a free bag uh, of coffee to keep you going because we know they're putting in some crazy hours. Um, the second part was uh, we five dollars from every single bag of coffee went to a to frontline workers. So there's a critical need fund that was stood up. And, um, and because we know there's so many people facing lots of different scenarios that they never had to face before. So, um, so $5 of that. And that's, it's been incredible to see the community support around that. Um, so fun to ship these bags of coffee really all over the U.S. Um, and it is actually one of my favorite blends uh, now. And, I'm, and, and, and I think, I don't think I've announced this anywhere. This could be the first announcement. Oh, we're ready. We're yeah, ready for this. Yeah, we're ready. So, so we're actually changing the name from Hunker Down because a lot of states are going out of Hunker Down version. Uh, we're changing it to Silver Lining because mm. all of our all of our names have like idioms uh, attached to them, and uh, and and this is the Silver Lining that came out of the COVID nineteen crisis. So uh, a, a delicious new blend, um, but we'll keep on using doing the 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 five dollars from every every bag. So pretty exciting stuff. That's that that is really cool. And as someone who knows nothing about coffee other than I enjoy drinking it, Chris, uh, that's really cool. So sugarcreekcoffee.com, go check it out, order some bags, help out. There you go. There's a, there's the mug for those watching the video. Uh, go order some. Uh, uh, truly awesome effort, Chris. And I think that showing that even someone at your level, the how it helps you in your job by being able to take your mind off of your job and, and yeah. truly leaving it behind. I think that's something that people at a lot of levels of organizations struggle with. And, and it's okay to put your mind into a hobby, a side business, something that you're passionate about, because uh, it could end up making you better at what you're doing every day from a comp yeah. standpoint or accounting or finance yeah. or whatever that, whatever that is. Yeah. So, we also do like talking about cocktails. You know, you had a great recommendation last time, Chris. Uh, but it's a little, little different season now. We're, we're, we're coming in the summer. Last time we spoke, it was fall. We're coming in the summer. So what's your, what's your favorite summer cocktail? Yeah, so uh, a friend of mine turned me on to gin and tonics. So, um, yeah, so gin and tonic with the right, you know, amount of lime. It's just a very refreshing end of day you know, cocktail that, uh, it's just, it's just very refreshing. So that's, that's what I'm enjoying. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm a huge gin and tonic fan, Chris. Nice. Uh, all right. I, I, I believe is an all seasons beverage all right. out there. Uh, my recommendation is, uh, Hendrix gin with cucumber, okay. no lime. Okay. Nice. All either, right. either you can, uh, muddle some cucumber in it, do a cucumber Ooh. spear to keep it mixed up in there. That's, that's oh, the way to go. Right, yeah, that, that Hendrix gin, muddled cucumber, gin and tonic. Absolutely amazing. Awesome. Oh, I'll definitely have to try that. Chris, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Thanks for all you do to, uh, put atrium health at top of mind again, a strong brand advocate, great communications leader out there. Thank you for your, 
time, your thoughts, your attention today. I know that people listening to this will, will get a lot out of it. Thanks so much, Chuck. I, I always appreciate being on here with you. And I, again, would be remiss if I'm the, I'm the front person for an amazing team and they do so much of the heavy lifting and would be crazy for me to get off this call without giving them a shout out and saying what a what an awesome team I have here at HM Health to help me along the way. Awesome. Well, again, thank you, Chris. Thanks. If you enjoyed what you heard from this episode and want to check out others, find Culture Comes and Cocktails on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And when you do, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. This has been Culture Comms and Cocktails, internal comms served straight up. Thanks for listening.